Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. What a deal for Giant fan. How awesome it must be to be a Giant fan. Especially a, quote, burger-flipping, hot-dog-flipping sheep of a Giant fan. How does this deal work? You've got some of the most expensive tickets in the league. In fact, in all pro sports. And one of the worst products ever. And all of that just to be embarrassed every single time your team takes the field and then they talk down to you after the fact, like you're some sort of loser. Then they mug you and they steal your money. I mean, who wouldn't sign up for that? Pretty rich for Evan Neal to talk down to anybody about anything right now, considering how he's doing his job or not doing his job, considering lack of protection is the number one problem with that terrible football team, which is arguably the biggest disappointment in the NFL right now. Considering Neil went viral on Monday night for blocking his own player, while Daniel Turnovers took one of his 11 sacks. Oops! Yeah, I'm sure that was probably the burger-flipping sheep's fault as well. Pretty rich of anybody on that offensive line talking crap about any of the burger and hot dog flippers when they damn near got their quarterback killed during an NFL game the other night. Hey, Evan, let me talk about you for a second. You're 6'7", 340. Do you know how hard it is to be that enormous and still not be able to block anybody? It's seemingly impossible. My dude... You picked this fight. You would have never been on my radar, even though, I mean, I'm watching you and can't believe how poorly you're playing, but it wouldn't have hit my radar for the show. But you had to go and call out the burger-flipping, hot-dog-flipping sheep and say how little you care about what they think. My guy, you remember you were the seventh overall pick out of Bama, right? You've had amazing coaching. You've had every single advantage. And you're making top 10 draft pick money. And yet you're still struggling on the field. And now you're taking it out of the fans. Reminding them of how important you are and what a waste of life they are. And how unimportant they are. Hey, big dude, make any of that make sense. And then on top of that, he wasn't even done. He was still not done. Check out this gem. Quote, A lot of fans are bandwagoners. I mean, I get it. They want to see us perform well, and I respect all of that. But no one wants us to perform well more than we do. And how can you say you're really a fan when we're out there battling our asses off and the game wasn't going well, but the best you can do is boo your home team? So how much of a fan are you really? End of quote. Once again, my guy, How much of that is so wrong? All of it. None of that is right. Bandwagoners. Bandwagoners. Dude, bandwagoning what? You have to win in order to have a bandwagon. And that's not what you guys are doing. You're showing up, taking a big dump in your pants every single week, and yet they still show up for you losers, even when you're losing. And your problem is... They're not cheering for that crap product that you put out there every single week. They're not allowed to boo when you suck. 
My man, this is the NFL, not AYSO. You're pulling a paycheck. Not Capri Suns. No participation trophies. This is business, big dude. The second they scratched you that large check, it became big, big business. It's a results-driven business. You're not getting any results. Therefore, you're not doing your job. Sounds to me like you're somebody who's never, ever been criticized. And now that you are, you're losing your damn mind. This is not the, quote, burger and hot dog flipping sheep's fault. It's not on them. They buy the tickets. They have every right to boo. It's on you and everybody else in the organization and locker room. Stop insulting and demeaning and looking down on the hardworking individuals who are spending their hard-earned dollars only to have you take a dump on them. And their entire lives, by the way. Battling your asses off. Did you really throw that card? Did you really play that card? You battled your asses off Monday night. Is that what you're going with? Because that's not what anybody thought. And that's not what anybody saw. Like I said on Tuesday, the hell has happened to this allegedly class organization that's allegedly a Tiffany organization and allegedly one of the best organizations in all sports. If any of that was true before, it sure as hell isn't right now. Because again, there's absolutely nothing class or Tiffany about that crap product that is New York Giants football. Moreover, piling on the fans, insulting the fans, talking down to the fans, and demeaning the fans from being, quote, burger-flipping, hot-dog-flipping sheep. Man, what a disgrace. Hey, G-Man. Hey, G-Man, how about this? If you don't like it, if you don't like that heat, how about you don't get your asses handed to you over and over and over and over again? How about you win a game in prime time? How about you even... Hang in prime time. How about you even play competitively in prime time? Why don't we start there? Yeah, I know. I know. He apologized. He can go ahead and keep that apology. Nobody wants to hear that. Good luck unringing that bell, my guy. Especially to the, quote, hamburger flipping, hot dog flipping, hardworking folk that you insulted. Here's a pro tip for you. If you're going to apologize too. If you're going to apologize and you want to appear sincere and genuine and authentic, taking a screenshot of an iPhone note never comes across as any of the above. That's not sincere. That's not authentic. That's not you're sorry for what you said. You're sorry that you're getting even more heat. You're sorry that you're in this situation. You know what that comes across like? Some agent or flack sent you a screenshot and said, put this up. Besides, Giant Fan doesn't want an apology. Giant Fan just wants a watchable football team. Giant Fan just wants to not be embarrassed on the weekly. Apparently, that's too much to ask. Because right now, the Giants are anything but a watchable football team. Way to own that, E. Way to step up and show some leadership in the middle of some rough times and some adversity, my dude. That was exactly what the team needed right now. 
Instead, you know what you gave them? You gave them a pinch of ice cream in a bucket of bull crap. And then you start handing out waffle cones and said, hey, sheep, eat this. No, that's not a pinch of poop in the ice cream. That's a pinch of ice cream in a bucket of bull crap. And you're scooping it up in giant waffle cones and saying, hey, sheep, eat this, my man. Hey, sheep, eat this. Let me tell you something. And why am I so worked up? Is a former In-N-Out employee who wasn't even qualified enough to be a burger flipper. That's below the belt, dude. True story. I wasn't even qualified to flip burgers. They wouldn't even let me near the grill. I'd be like, hey, uh, assistant manager with a horrible attitude. What do I have to do to get my hands on that spatula? I don't know. Learn how to bag the burgers first and do the fries? Jerk. All right. See you on the softball field when you dorks need me most. Meanwhile, you know every single sports radio head, myself included, were salivating at the very moment they heard his comments so they could fire open their mics and collectively scream, cut this a-hole! Or a hot dog flipper, whatever that is, would block for Daniel Nichols better. Endless material, especially for local sports radio. Way to go, E. I'm not saying cut him. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that's about the dumbest thing ever. How does that still happen? How does criticized athletes still go to that card? And what do I care? What do I care with that burger flipping, hot dog flipping, overworked, underpaid fan who saved every last dollar to come watch me play cares? The hell do I care, man? I'm a lion. They're sheep. Dude, that, that is so priceless. That is so rich. The I'm a lion, they're sheep, they're paying me to watch me play. In other words, you're lucky I even performed for you, sheep bastards. Leave us alone. Let me talk to you for a moment about one of my favorite products ever, HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? What it is is farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part, and you get to take credit. And when it comes to options, honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. I love it. Comes right to the doorstep, all these tremendous ideas and great meals. Find out for yourself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Use the code 50Rome for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Make sure to use the code 50Rome and get 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. That's not what you signed up for, dude. The second you took that paycheck, that's when everything changed. It's fair game. 
as long as they're not coming at you for race, religion, creed, or threatening you, but they're critical of your horrific play, that's fair game. And go into the I'm a lion and there's sheep, and I don't give a damn what they think. It's about the dumbest thing you can do. Of course that went badly. Of course I led with that. How do you not know better by now? How is that still a thing? That That is so much of a thing that I buried the MLB whip. Incredible. How is that not like in the curriculum? And I don't even mean the day you get to camp. I mean, how do you not learn that is a high-profile athlete the second you hit the field? They, they teach kids, hey, whatever you do, don't quit. Whatever you do, don't quit. Quitting is the worst thing. Losing is fine. Never, ever quit. All right? Got that, kids? Like five-year-olds. Never quit. Never quit. Never quit. Also, never call the fans hamburger-flipping, hot-dog-flipping sheep and never refer to yourself as the lion and say you're better than them and you don't give a damn what they think. Those are the first two things they teach every young athlete, right? Lesson number three, get yourself a fall guy. you got to have a fall guy in the crew. <laughs> Those are the three things that every single young athlete is taught from the jump, especially those athletes that have separated themselves from the pack and we know they're going to be special and different and elite and push through the system, especially the ones in New York City, <laughs> right? Philly, too. That won't play very well there. Number one, never quit. Number two, never call the hard-paying, hard-working fans, hot dog flipping, hamburger flipping sheep, and call yourself a lion. And number three, get yourself a fall guy. You've got to have a fall I guy. I thought every athlete knew that. <laughs> I, I would say that's the rookie curriculum or the rookie symposium. I could conduct that. But it's not even the rookie symposium. How do you not know that by the time you get to seventh grade? Never mind college ball. Never mind high school ball. Or how about this? How about this? You don't need a symposium. You just need a brain. You just need a common sense. You don't need to be taught that. But they do. I don't think you need to go play for Nick Saban to learn that. And yet he did and still didn't know that. Damn, Evan, way to go, bro. You just got 20 minutes of national radio. That's not easy to do when you're on a team that bad. When I'm sitting 3,000 miles away. one 8686 I would use that God-given 6'7", 340-pound frame to block dudes on the other team, not your fans or your teammates or Darren Waller. Why are you going to block Darren Waller? Bad enough you can't find a way to get him the ball. But then again, how is the quarterback going to get Waller the ball when he's lying on his back all game long? And how are you? how is Waller going to get the ball when you're pushing him to the ground? Oh, but it's... The hot dog flipper's fault. Too much.
Too much. And you thought the Jets had drama. Man, when it goes, it goes fast. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef. Pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? We are joined by Joshua Palmer. Joshua, really good to have you on. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sorry, you broke up a little bit, so. Well, hopefully I'm back, and you can hear me now. Yeah, Yeah, I can hear you clearly. Good, dude, good. So what a wild month it's been. You won back-to-back games in dramatic fashion. How do you feel about where the club is and how the season's gone so far? I feel the club is at a a great spot. You know, our our approach to, to the game our approach to the season, practice, training camp, um, you know, pregame, everything. It's we've been on the right track. And, you know, earlier in the earlier in the in the season we were 0 and two and um we weren't we weren't winning on the scorecard but uh, like I said with our approach we feel like nothing nothing should be changed and we just have to be patient and just and go with the process. We're talking to Joshua Palmer. So I mentioned you're on your bye week right now. It's not like you get to pick when the bye week comes. Do you feel like it came at a good time so you could sort of catch your breath? Or when you're winning, do you want to keep playing? Uh, of course you want to keep playing. You don't want to lose anything. But I feel like it gives this bye week gives guys the opportunity to get healthy and we can come back strong and open up against the Cowboys on Monday. Right, so take me back to Sunday on a key third and 10. The ball was pinned at your own 10-yard line. Less than two minutes to go. Justin Herbert airs it out for you. A 51-yard pass play that sealed the win. Can you take us through the play? And then secondly, what did it mean to you to have your number called with the game on the line? Uh, I just had a double move. Justin, we, we we both knew where the ball was going, everybody on the offense, the offensive line. So you know, everybody did their job. The, the offensive line protected. Justin was able to make the right read. I was able to... Defeat my to beat my defender um, on the, on that deep 51 yard shot, but you know it gives me a lot of confidence knowing that the team trusts me in situations like that. Obviously, it's reassuring. You know Justin and the coaching staff um, from top to bottom. So you know I just think that we're we're, we're moving towards the right direction. Joshua Palmer is joining us. What about Herbert? He completed that pass despite breaking a finger on his left hand in the third quarter. Of course, last season, he had that fractured rib cartilage. He had a shoulder injury that required surgery. Look, everybody knows about this dude's incredible skill set, that amazing arm talent, but how respected is he in the locker room for his toughness and his grit? His toughness is is probably the, the one of the best I've ever seen. You know, that guy's been through a lot, but we're able to piece him back together before every game is kind of funny. But, you know, when I saw his when I saw his finger broken, um, I was just hoping it wasn't his right hand. So I was looking at him, trying to turn my body to see what hand was, was hurting. Um, but, I was, yeah, I was just glad it wasn't his throwing hand. You know, he was just able to put that glove on and still be able to hold the ball and protect it and, and throw a dime shot.
Yeah, no doubt, right? Better that hand than the right hand. So in addition to winning your last two games, your head coach, Brandon Staley, elected to go for it on fourth down late in the game. He failed to pick up the first down either time, but I want to ask you this. I want to ask a couple of things, but it's nothing new for him, right? He's one of the most aggressive decision makers in the league. How much do you appreciate having a head coach who believes so much in the offense that he's willing to take risks that a lot of other coaches would never take? It just shows that he has a lot of trust in the offense and in the defense. You know, if we don't get it, we have the same amount of trust in the defense to be able to stop that team wherever they get the ball. Um, but, you know, we're always we're always with him on the decisions that he makes. As an offense, we feel like our, we're, we're very powerful and very strong. So we're always confident we can get we can go for it on fourth down and convert. You know, obviously we, we came up short the last couple of times, but that still won't change anything in our decision-making process. You know, we still feel like we're that team that would be able to convert those, those uh, crucial fourth downs and other teams would probably fold and kick it. Joshua Palmer, my guest. Listen, I know you can't speak for them, but if you had to guess, do you feel like the defense feels the same way? Because it does at times put a hell of a lot of pressure on them, right? Uh, I mean, I think it puts a lot of pressure on the whole team. I mean, there's pressure on us to be able to get it, and then the defense comes in and they have our backing. Like, all right, if you guys don't get it, we'll, we'll stop them. It's, it's nothing. You know, this, this game of football is, is back and forth, defense and offense. You know, the same guys on offense can't go on defense and play, so... We all have to be on the same page, and I feel like as long as we're on the same page, then you know we could be we could be a great team. Right, so let me ask you about the coaching staff too. Further, you got a, a new play caller and Kellen Moore. What has he brought to the Bolts? And then, what's it like for you personally to play in his system? Uh, he spreads out the field a lot, and he loves to air it out, which is one thing I appreciate as a receiver. You know, all the receivers in the room appreciate his aggressive play calling style, and you know he's willing to work with work, work with us and work with our strengths and be able to exploit our strengths. And, you know, this whole receiving core comes together and he lets the guys that can do jet sweeps do jet sweeps and he mixes it up and lets other guys do sweeps or run goal balls or everything like that. So he's, he incorporates everybody on this offense to be able to do what they're, what they're strong at. We are talking to Joshua Palmer for a couple of more moments. Before you go, you mentioned the receiver room. So I want to ask you about this. It's a game of injury. It's a game of adversity. It hit yet again, and it struck fellow wideout Mike Williams yet again. He tore his ACL in week three. Man, how devastating was it to see him go down again? And I would imagine you have, but have you checked in on him? How's he holding up? Yeah, Mike Williams is doing great. You know, when we saw him go down, you know, of course, we were hoping that it wasn't anything bad. Um, but once once we got the results the next day, you know, we were, we were with him. We see Mike every day. I see Mike every day. I saw Mike this morning. Um, you know, Mike is here. He's in good spirits doing rehab. And we're excited to get him back on the field next year. That's good stuff. I like that. So your journey is really something. You grew up in Ontario, Canada. Did you find the game or did the game find you initially? Uh, I would say a little bit of both. My dad played. My dad played football growing. My dad played football when I was growing up. He played in like a men's touch league, and he played in college in in Canada. So I was always really around the sport. Uh, I played basketball and soccer growing up as well. But I stopped playing football for a while to play basketball. And I think once I got back to high school, is when I picked back up a football, and that's when I realized that this was this is more my calling. All right. So high school, you ended up in the U.S. for high school. Was it for football? And then how'd you end up at Tennessee? Yes, it was for football. I transferred my last two years of high school. So my junior and senior year, I spent in St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, it was strictly for football, so trying to get recruited. And, you know, Tennessee came knocking, and that was the door I opened.
There it is. So one last thought. You've got a little bit of time right now to get away from it, but you're still focused and locked in. Tremendous opportunity in playing Dallas on Monday night when you return. What kind of thoughts initially do you have when you watch that Cowboy defense led by Michael Parsons? Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't watched it yet. I've, I've just been taking it easy with this bye week, just getting my body back right, getting my technique right and dialed up. Um, I will start watching them at the beginning of the week, maybe end of this week. But I know they have a powerful defense, especially when you when you drop that name. Um, I know their corners, they made a couple acquisitions in the off season, so it will be a it'll be a it'll be a good challenge there. It's going to be a great challenge, great opportunity. I'm looking forward to that game. The Chargers are 2-2. Two and two. They're on their bye week. Joshua Palmer coming off a big game. He had three receptions for 77 yards, including that big 51-yard bomb. Joshua, good to have you on. Appreciate that. Enjoy the bye week, and we'll do it again soon. All right, thank you so much. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kids' relationship with technology is, and they've made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with with U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. I am going to ask the big head, James Kelly, to show up for one of the three days a week that he actually does do work. How you living right this second head? If you let John in New York back on, can you make him be fake drizzle? I think it would be better for the show. But I'm living great, Jim. I'm fantastic right now. Why don't you just worry about what I pay you to do and not get sidetracked with stuff like that? Because, by the way, if I brought him on and he was fake drizzle, that probably would be better than what you're about to do. Fair. That's pretty good stuff, man. That's gold. Roman Rome, what's happening, partner? Dude, you're so predictable and so funny. There are like three or four things about this show that you absolutely love, and that's one of them, right? That's one of them, yes. I need that, that one gold. more time. Didn't see it coming, had no clue he had that in him, and it was incredible. It, it's still incredible, it, right? Man. Oh. But yo, Roman Rome, I want to start the new year out right, and because <laughs> I lied about my name and I self-glossed myself, I like to do the right thing, Roman Rome. I'd like to, I don't want them to say my name. What I'd like you to do, Jim, is, Take my golden ticket. Now, Jim, take my golden ticket. <laughs> this dude. John was like so beleaguered and so maligned and so beaten down. And then out of nowhere, he comes with that. Of and then he's got all this too, credit Driz. clout. Yeah. Of all people, it was Driz that got him. <laughs> Incredible. All right, if we don't get back to what we're doing, you and I are going to do that for the rest of the segment. True to form, this Thursday matchup is, how do I put it? Let me find the word for a minute. Let me think, let me think, let me think. It's ass. That's it. But if we put that aside for a minute, and that's not easy to do, Head, Mm -hmm. this is another one of those games that if they didn't pay me to watch it, I might not. Mm -hmm. But if we put that aside, too, it's still an opportunity for us to get down get paid, and that in and of itself always interests me. Bears v. Commander's head. What is the number? How are you playing it? The number is Washington minus six. I'll take the Commanders here. Thought process being they can't block worth a bleep, but they're playing the Bears pass rush, who is um, worth a 
you know what. But um, this Bears pass rush right now has a 1.55 sack percentage, Jim. Historical ass perspective on that. The worst sack percentage rate for a team in a full season in the last 20 years was the 08 Chiefs, and they Danger had a higher zone. one than the uh, Bears <laughs> do right here. Sorry. I was just I was just singing your theme song. It's it cool. A good song, Go ahead. Though, isn't it? Good I song. It. I love it. Yeah. Also, Washington yeah. has weapons on the outside. Terry, Jahan, and Curtis, namely, should ball out. Um, and this Bears defense yeah, but dude, allows— Dude, 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 is Jahan going to play? Do we know that? Um, I'm leaning towards—I'm seeing him as probably a g- game timer playing. Yeah, okay, that, that's important right there. But Terry's go ahead. enough. Terry's going to play. Yeah, because the Terry? Bears are playing without Terry. Terry! Terry? I love Terry. Terry. Terry's my favorite. Terry's the best. Terry? Even blind Terry. I love blind Terry, too. He's my man, guy. Terry— Find me one person named Terry who's not awesome. Uh, Terry? Fair. Go Terry. ahead. So, Terry will light up the secondary is my point, even if uh, he doesn't have full strength around him because the Bears are playing without Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson, and possibly Jaquan Brisker. And on the other side of the ball, the Washington's defense has been one of the biggest disappointments in the NFL this season. They rank 29th in scoring defense. Only Denver allows a higher percentage of drives to end in an offensive score than this Washington's defense does. They've given up 30 or more points in the last three ga- uh, three straight games here. It's just the Bears have allowed 25 points in each of their last 14 games, all losses. And if that talented front four of Washington can handle the Bears' run game, they should feast on Justin in the pocket. ATS Washington is 4-1 and one in the last five v. Chicago. Let's ride with the non-riverboat Ron nowadays, Commanders, and lay the six. You, you know, I see it in a very similar way that you do. Like Honestly, I don't really trust either of these teams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I trust Chicago less, but do I trust the Commanders enough to lay the points? That's the big question because, to me, six. Six is a really big number, mm-hmm. even against the Bears, and even if the Commanders are at home, the one point you did not make, I'm surprised you didn't, the Bears are 0-3-1 against the spread this season, mm-hmm. and even though they did choke against Denver last week. Justin Fields did play his best game of the year, but you never really know what you're going to get from that guy week to week. And isn't that what it comes down to, right? Which Justin Fields shows up? Uh, There's no way to know. Hell, he doesn't know. The Bears don't know. How would I know? But here's what I do know. The Bears are garbage against the pass. The Bears are garbage against the run. The Uh Bears are garbage at protecting Fields. And at the risk of getting Rodney Harrison, I'm just going to say it. The Bears are just garbage, period. They're winless for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. And I think they still will be once the night is over. But can they cover for the first time this season? Yes, they can. But no, they won't. I'm concerned about the Commanders being banged up at wide receiver outside of Terry. Terry. So I don't feel great about it, but I'm with you. I'm going to ride with the Commanders. Minus six. Because they're paying me to watch that game is not enough. I need some action as well. That's which way I'm going. I'm with you. What else you got, Head? Because that game in and of itself is not going to be enough. Is there any postseason baseball, for instance, that you like? Yeah, let's do the AL Division Series winners here. I'll take the Baltimore Orioles at damn near even money on DK to beat Texas. The Rangers' offense is the second best in baseball behind the Braves. Best average, best on base, slugging and OPS in the American League this season. But Baltimore can score runs with those uh, young superstars leading the way. And these two teams' pitching staffs have switched roles in the second half here. Texas lost high-profile starter after high-profile starter, and their bullpen is actually the worst of anyone left. And Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez got better for Baltimore in the second half of the season. Two top-end guys right now. 
and their overall pitching. Of the teams left in the postseason, only Minnesota finished the regular season with a lower ERA than the Orioles do. So let's go O's here, minus 115. And I'll probably regret this, but let's take some plus money on the Twinkies, as Burns calls them. Numbers lie a little bit because they played in an ass division, but they do have the best ERA of any team yes, remaining they in the do. postseason. Yes, yes they, they do. do. They also led the uh, majors in strikeouts, and that bodes well, as we know, in the postseason and punching dudes out. The offense is the question. Nobody strikes out more, but the one thing they do have is power. Most home runs in the AL, so let's go with Minnesota plus 135 to beat the Astros. Damn, look at you spitting some baseball knowledge. Head. Baseball. I like it. Hey, let me ask you, are you... How did you do in the wild card round? Were you doing it for action and fun, or did you make some money? I'm going to sound like LeBron here. I did really, really good because I took um, three underdogs, and all of those underdogs won. So I did really, really good in the actual series. You did really, really well, LaFib. Yep. Dude, how long are you and I going to do this before you get that right? That is like such an easy fix. I did really, really good. I did really, really good. No, you didn't. I did well. You did well. Yeah. You did well, LaFib. On series. Big Fib. Each game got me pretty good, but series, I did really, really good. Get it well, right. You it. just did it again, right? I did it again. You, you yep. cannot break that habit, dude. There's yep. got to be a way. There's got to be a way. You I did really should. well, LaFib. Yeah. All right, yeah. so run it back for me, Fib. What do you got? Um, Commanders minus 6V Bears tonight, and then the AL Division Series, Baltimore minus 115 over Texas, and Minnesota plus money at plus 135 over Houston. You know what I don't want? I don't want some lame backdoor cover when some player thinks they're ah, doing the right thing by dude. sliding on the two-yard line. Man, get your ass in the end zone. It's Come funny on, man. you say that because on Sunday night we about had it with gambling and Patrick Mahomes never wanted to do it again, and then tonight we need it for crack to watch this game. But, yes, I agree. I do not want did, that. I mean, did you really almost get to a point where, quote, you had had it with gambling? It's like your favorite thing ever. No, about, for about half hour that night I about had it, but there's no way I was ever going to quit. It's the I'll moment. The moment passed, right? The moment yep. passed. But it's a hard thing to watch. Heady it really play, is. Jim. Heady play. Yeah, yeah, heady play, heady play. That was so great. Yeah, uh, kept the clock spinning. Didn't didn't pour it on. Didn't rub any salt in the wound. Didn't put it. his team at risk. Didn't give them a chance to get the ball back for that 10-point drive they were going to have. Oh, my God. Such garbage. It is garbage. Garbage. All right, Head, thank you very much. Great job. Let's get down. Let's get paid. Let's make some right. money. Let's right, celebrate, Jim, and then let's run it back tomorrow. Cool. Thanks. Cool. Let's make some money. The big head, James Kelly. That's how we're playing it. John, in New York. John, my brother, what's going on? Jim, how you been? Good, dude. How you been? Not too bad. Uh, other than uh, the sports scene in New York is just horrible. Like you said, that stadium is in the Jersey junk swamps of New Jersey. The Jersey Jets and the Jersey Giants, especially the Giants. Jim, there's nothing there. There's no pride. There's no anything. I don't know what John Mara is doing. No, John. John. Hey, John. I'm going to give him the he just dropped off. Jack Timid, come on, man. Do better. All right, so we had a controversy the last few weeks in that one beef segment was exclusively telephone calls. And all of the written beefers changed their beef to, why didn't you read our beef? Why did you ask for us to send in beefs and not read them? And I said, that was not the plan. I didn't mislead you. I didn't try to jerk with you. It just happened like that. It just set up like that. I went to the calls first. The calls were good. They got better. We built momentum. We ran out of time. I wasn't trying to mislead you. But man, did you get butthurt. 
And then it jumped a day. And it jumped a week. And here we are. I mean, you're still complaining about this. Look at this. All right. All right. I'll start with your written beefs. This is Scott is that guy. He writes, my beef is about people complaining about not getting their beefs read. I submit stuff all the time, but I never get anything read either. Do you hear me cry about it? Hell no. I regroup. I figure out where I went wrong, how I can make this show better, and I try again. Good job, dude. Way to go, Scott. Way to understand. Scott, you are that guy. You have every right to have a handle that is at Scott is that guy. What an appropriate handle, dude. You are that guy. Way to go. Now, let me tell you who's not that guy. This guy, his handle should be, I'm not that guy. Or at butthurt if I'm not that guy is already taken. In fact, at butthurt would be more appropriate. Do you know why I say that? You know how butthurt this guy is? Not only is he complaining that he didn't get his written beef read or that I didn't read any of the written beefs, he wrote a song about it. That's how butthurt he is. How butthurt would you have to be over that to sit down and try to write a song about it? This dude was so bent out of shape and so butthurt that he submitted this song. Listen to this. Please don't call here wondering why we wrote our beef at all. We have no time for a vine. Because we were too busy to call. We should have kept our written beef. Posted on the bathroom stall. Rome won't read us. No, he won't read us. He won't read us at all. Dude, that's like verbal diarrhea. I mean, I, I cannot believe that you laid that track down and then had the nerve to send that to me. I've heard a lot of really, really bad content on this show. Some of it even from me, but on my worst day ever, I would never have anything like that come out my mouth. Can I hear that verbal diarrhea one more time just to make sure that what I heard or what I think I heard is what I actually did hear? Ben in diarrhea would. Please don't call here wondering why we wrote our beef at all. We have no time for a vine. Dude, are you going to start crying in the middle of that? Too busy to call. We should have kept our written beef. Posted on the bathroom stall. Rome won't read us. No, he won't read us. He won't read us at all. Holy crap, Ben. Dino is dunking on this cat. This guy. This guy is Westerberg. In diarrhea, Ben, man, you're holding up. You are plugging up everything now. Because now look how far off the beaten path I am. Listen Listen to Westerberg here. Dino is Westerberg compared to you. Ben, Dino, you're off the hook, brother. I never thought anything 
would clear you of this nonsense, Dino, but you're clear. You're off the hook, brother. You damn well are Westerberg. Dino, I found somebody less talented than you. I didn't think that person existed. I found him. All right. Hey, hey Ben, nice job. And by nice job, I'm like, good luck with that. Tommy, where should we go from here? Let's keep reading them. Hey, all right, you wanted them. You wanted them. You wanted to know why I didn't read them. All right, let's keep reading them. If you're going to cry about it, literally in song, this says, I'll tell you what, they better be good. These better be great beefs or I'll be pissed. That dude damn near went Jeff in San Antonio in the middle of a song. I got beef with my iPhone GPS. Thanks for routing me through four different L.A. freeways on my way home just to save seven minutes. Shane in Huntington Beach wore the 49ers smacking Dak on Sunday night. That's good. That's true, by the way. I agree with you. Jimmers. My beef is with the little trash cans in hotel rooms. There's nothing like accumulating a ton of trash when visiting a place but not having anywhere to put it all because all they give you is a couple of waste baskets. Then room service always takes its sweet little time, sometimes days, to come and clean any of it. Hey, idiot hotels, have a sizable trash can so I can properly dispose of food, food and drink containers, or any other incidental that I may have to throw. Your little baskets will not do. Sean, South of Houston. says, my beef is with NFL talking heads using the quarter pole analogy this week. First, four is not one quarter of 17. Second, if you insist on the horse racing analogy, three quarter pole would be the closest to correct, as you certainly know. Keith in Amish country. Jim, my beef is with the psycho co-worker who uses the ice cubes and doesn't take the eight seconds to refill the tray before putting it back in the freezer. Hey, that's original. I like that. Kenneth E in the 503. I like it. Jim, forget about your geese. My beef is squirrels. Stop destroying our yard eating holes in our deck screen, running around on our roof, getting in our attic, chewing up the air filter in my truck, screaming at me from the trees as I walk up the driveway and climbing on and tearing down our bird feeder. Hate the tree rats. Best regards, BZ in Pensacola. They could do some damage now. Jimmy, my beef by far, more than anything on the planet, are those freaking morons that make their cars look like cop cars and even decorate the inside to play the part. You know who you are. I hate you. Everybody hates you. You have no friends. Your kids, parents have no respect for you. Get a life, losers. War men being okay drinking White Claws. Unwar tools that speed up when you're passing them. Martin in Vancouver, U.S. of A. Hey, Martin, you mean those idiots that trick their cars out to look like that? And the ones where we all slam on our brakes whenever we see them? 
I feel you. Hey, Jim, my beef is with the countless tools who spit out their gum in urinals. I see this constantly at the gym and airports. Hey, idiots. How do you think the gum <laughs> is removed from the urinal when it doesn't fit through the tiny water waste holes? Paul and Danville. Except, dude, that is a bathroom beef nonetheless. It's a good beef. However, not permissible. Hi, Jim. My beef is with Jerry Kramer. Every time you interview him, I feel like a total wimp. Pat in Salem. I know, Pat, right? Jerry, I think, has an affinity for me, I think. I don't want to speak for him, but I think he does. Or he wouldn't talk to me for 30 years now. But every time I've sat with him, I feel completely inadequate. It's a man's man right there, man. That is a tough, tough, hard-nosed intellectual. You know he's great, too? I love that he said, our father used to read us poetry, and I loved it. Like, intellectual, country, like he's all those things. He's like a renaissance guy. I have a beef with all those hot dog flippers that are spitting in my food. Signed, Evan Neal. Well played. Van Smack. My beef is with Eric in Orlando. This sock puppet is the last person on the planet to feel that boat ownership is some type of status symbol. This isn't 1492. Traveling by boat isn't a novel concept. The only reason Eric enjoys it is because once he's in international waters, his DVD collection is legal, and the phrase, board my dinghy, is considered appropriate. Grow up, Captain Crunch. Vaughn in Knoxville, dude, that is incredible. That's an all-time beef right there. Vaughn, that is incredible. I can't wait for an equally horrible rebuttal. That is amazing, Vaughn. That a boy, dude. Are you proud of yourself? You should be. Love that. Hey, Rome, my beef is with chalk. I have been doing nothing but sending absolute premium content to the show, and it's not getting read because of your new lame-ass EP chalk. Hey, Chalk, why don't you do us all a favor and do the walk Eric in Falls Church did, climb to the top of a church and fall? Thanks, Cody in Portland. Dude, that new EP is not new at all. My beef is with my wife, who comes into my... WFH office and says Jim Rome is in a really annoying mocking voice whenever the show is on I don't come into your office and say sister wives it's my office let me listen to whatever I want in peace Dan in New Orleans hey Dan's wife I agree with Dan it's his space, man. Let him watch what he wants. I got to side with you, Dan. And by the way, this show is so much better than Sister Wives. 
This says, so my beef is with this kid that I hired who just moved here from SoCal using traffic as his excuse for why he's been late the past two days. Dude, you come from the land of traffic. Freaking wake up 30 minutes earlier and get your ass to work on time. Damn these kids these days. Tracy and Phoenix. Right, Trace? I'm telling you. You're right. Tracy's always right. Jim, my beef or my wife has a beef with Sean Payton's pursed lips. And I think she's got a point. Every time they zoom in on coach onside kick, he looks like he just went John Cruck mode on a package of Sour Patch Kids. Coach, you're not Derek Zoolander. And nobody wants to see your blue steel impression every time Russ checks down short of the stakes on third and seven. Signed Dave on behalf of Kayla in Cottage Grove. And now we've gotten to the point where we have beefs about the prior beefs. Jim, my beef is with Diarrhea Ben. I can't unhear. I can't unhear that. And I just threw up a little. Ed in San Antonio. What, Ed? You mean this? Starts off fine, right? Because it's not him. I'm about to cry. Because we were too busy to call. We should have kept He won't read my beef. Posted on the bathroom stall. Rome won't read us. No, he won't read us. No, he won't. Because you suck. I just won't read you. I've just played your stupid song five times. I won't read. He won't read us. Yeah, I just spent 15 minutes reading you. Let's go to the phones. I'm going to say that was 14 minutes and 30 seconds too long, except for Vaughn. Vaughn made it. And Tracy. Let's see. Looking for the phones. Looking for the phones. You know what my problem is, Chalk? I do not have my call screen. Let's see. Let's see. Bam, it's gone. How'd that happen? Let me see. That is truly unfortunate. Let's see. I got you now. Let's go to George in San Francisco. My bad. George, what's your beef? Hey, Ron, thanks for the vine. My beef with people in my office building who stand on the escalator. I'm hustling up the stairs to get to a meeting, and their lazy ass is just standing there on their phones. If you want to be lazy, get in the elevator with everyone else or get the hell out of my way. I hear you, George. You got places to be. You got things to do. Still not as bad as people who stand on the people mover at the airport. Unless you really, really are disabled and incapable of walking, that is an incredible look. Just hanging out on the railing, letting them transport you. God forbid. I'm not even asking you to go for a run. I'm not even asking you to work out. I'm just asking you to move your feet and walk. And you can't do that. 1-800-636-8686. Six three six eight six eight six. Let's go to La Mirada, Kenford. Kenford, good to have you. What's your beef? Hey, hey, Rome Dog. My beef is with uh, a good caller of yours called V in the Fee. 
Damn. Damn, Kenford. Come on, Kenford. V in the fee was about to take some. I could feel it. Which would have inspired a V in the fee response. Yeah, V in the fee will not return a call on game day. That's our gentleman's agreement. When your team's getting their ass kicked, you got to take the heat. And he won't do it. I got to call him out. I told him I was calling Rome Dog, and we're going to call him out on the phone right now. All right, so, dude, we missed half that take. We missed half that beef. What was the first half of that? He's not, he's not calling you back on game day? Why? Yeah, because the Vikings are getting their asses kicked half the time, and I'm a Packer fan, so our deal is you got to answer the phone on game day when your team's getting smoked, and he won't answer the call. So i got to call him out, man. He's a son of mine, and this is Kenford, and he calls me Kennefy from the fee. Wait a minute. Is that your son? Are you his dad? No, I'm 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 his second dad. You could call big time family friends. Okay, I got you. All right, I got you. There you go. All right, Kenford. So Kenford, well, you heard it. We had to piece it together. Like we had him, we lost him, and then we found him again mid call. So apparently, when his second dad, like I'm your daddy, well, not your real daddy, but your second daddy, uh, apparently it goes right to voicemail. Come on, V. I mean, dude, you're, you're a gangster, V. You're a gangster from the fee. What are you doing letting calls go right to voicemail when your team is getting its ass kicked? Anyway, 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Ryan in Sacktown. I wonder if he'll think something's funny that's not. Oh, Johnny boy. Rome dog, yeah. Anyway, Ryan in Sacktown. Ryan, what's going on? What's your beef? Hey, good morning, Jr. Uh, my beef is with people who clown on dudes that get pedicures. There is zero wrong with a good scrub, soap, clip, and euphoric hot wax dip. Please just give it a try. Your ladies and power tools will thank you. Out. That's interesting. Absolutely nothing wrong with what. Power tools, salt dip. I, I couldn't even follow all that. I, I don't I don't do it, but I don't disagree. You know, self-care. It's probably nice. Hey, moisturize, yo. Moisturize your face. Moisturize your feet. Just moisturize. Self-care. 1-800-636-8686. I will go to... Boise. Ty in Boise. Ty, what's your beef? Hey, what's up, Jimmy? What's up, dude? Dude, I had a beef about DoorDash, but now I have a beef with that crybaby Ben remixing the future Hall of Famer with his verbal diarrhea, claiming that he doesn't have time to call and he should have just left his beef written on the bathroom stall, but he has time to make garbage that makes Parody Larry sound like a Grammy winner. Oh, man. Nice job, Ty. Like, I didn't even take the time to listen to the lyrics, but you did, and I'm so glad you did. You're right, dude. He makes Parody Larry seem like Pete Townsend, Mick Jagger, and Robert Plant all rolled into one. That was a really funny call right there. (laughs) He goes, I was going to do a DoorDash beef, but I'd rather go to that crybaby Ben who wrote a song about me not reading the beefs. 
1-800-636-8686. Let's go to the D. Brian in Detroit. Good to have you. Brian, what is your beef? Hey, Jim, my beef is with people that say men shouldn't wear flip-flops. I wear flip-flops every day. My feet look good. They're well-groomed. They smell good. My nails are shined. My feet look like hands, only they're on the ground. So mind your own business. I'm out. Who complains about flip-flops or slides? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I'll tell you what. I've got several pair because we have a lake house. That's not, I'm not trying to come up here and floss. But I'll tell you when I wear mine. I wear them to and from the Tower of Hate. The Tower of Power. Oh, oh, oh. Here's the ultimate source. James Kelly thinks they're weird. Oh, okay, Kelly. Because you're such a guy known for style. If James Kelly thinks that it's poor style, then it is. Wait, what? You like them? Oh, he likes them. Kelly likes them. But then they suck then. If Kelly likes them, then I know they're wrong. They're all wrong. Who cares, man? Who cares about footwear? Unless we're talking about Crocs. Let's try San Diego. Greg. Hey, Greg, good to have you. What's your beef? Yeah, I love the show. Always listen to it. I just want to say it's the uh, the meathead guy at the local gym who elevates his shirt, that extra small tank top, in between going to every machine to see if he's increased his uh, any abdominal muscles in between his 15 seconds. And even the, the guy who has the Bluetooth and he has a conference call in the middle of the, the gym talking to his friends all the, all, all the while. So the gym culture in San Diego is at an all-time low. My man, nice job. Greg, I love that. He raises up his shirt to see if he's increased the bulk of his abs off that last set. And then there's the guy who's got to conduct a conference call via Bluetooth. And then he tagged it with, the gym culture in San Diego is at an all-time low. That is good stuff. You see, those of you who write your beefs, why the callers have caught up to you, good stuff like that. Why don't we try Charleston, Mike. Good to have you, Mike. What's your beef? Rim Jome, nice to talk to you. My beef is also about the gym. Why is it that grown men are coming into the locker room yet changing in the one of two bathroom stalls? I just took my pre-workout. I got to take my pre-workout number two. Ah. (laughs) Bro, you know why? That's bathroom smack. Bathroom beefs are going to get you run. Even if it's in the gym, I know that you tried to disguise that bathroom beef as a gym beef, but it didn't work because you dropped that or lowered that into the bathroom stall, and then the number two gave it away. So technically, that's a bathroom beef. I'm saying you can beef about anything you want except the bathroom. You have an entire planet of things you can beef about. Except the bathroom. I don't want to hear about your bathroom beef or your dumps or your number twos or anything like that. It's just kind of gross, right? 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to New Mexico. As I always say, my favorite thing about the beef segment, all 50 participate. We get beefs from all over the country. Robert in New Mexico. Robert, what's your beef? 
Jim, how are you? My beef is with the inattentive drivers who, while sitting at a red light, deem it appropriate to make a sandwich or play a game of solitaire. And then after the light's been green for 10 seconds, they take off, and then I'm stuck through another red light. I get it, dude. You're so right. It used to be Brick Breaker back in the day, back when we had uh, Blackberries. Let's keep moving. We're going to get this thing almost to the bottom. Chalk, I could just see that, the big brain spinning right now. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Let's go to Anthony in Pomona. Anthony, what's your beef? Hey, Jimmy, my beef is with you. And, you know, uh, James Kelly for calling things ass when they're bad. I mean, I like ass. I'm pretty sure other people out there like ass, too. James Kelly, I know you like ass. Can we call it, like, something really bad and say, like, Ryan from Sacramento? I just say it's it's Ryan. And when I say Ryan, I mean Ryan, not Ryan. Or Kelly Clarkson and V in the feet doing the IE proud. See? The thing is, I mean, it's both. It has multiple meanings, Anthony. I know you were making a joke. And it was actually a pretty funny joke. But I want to be careful how I phrase this. And by being careful how I phrase this, I'm not going to phrase it. I'm not going to articulate it. You know I understand both meanings, right? I don't even disagree with you. But you know what we're talking about when he and I refer to things as ass. It's not a compliment. It's not positive. It's just a word. There are certain words that have multiple meanings. That would be one of them, depending on the context. Are we done or are we going to keep rolling? Let's get one more in here and walk it off on this. Mission Beach, Matthew. You made it in, Matthew. What's up? What's your beef? Hey, Jim, my beef is with all the goons, kooks, and buffoons up in L.A. that are all of a sudden Chargers fans. Ever since the evil Spanish has ripped out the heart of our great city, the bitterness between San Diego and L.A. has only intensified. To stay up there with your lifted F-150s and flat-filled fill your head, stay out of the 858. My man, I appreciate that. He's mad. Dude, he's pissed. That was legit hatred. Hatred of, quote, the evil Spanos. Hatred of L.A. And, and believe me, long before the Chargers left San Diego to come to L.A., San Diego hated L.A.'s guts. San Diego will always hate L.A. You know why? Everybody hates L.A. And everybody always will hate L.A. Got that? Quote, dudes, kooks, and buffoons. All great words. Good night, 